Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those recommendations we keep giving each other, or just talk about a movie we both love because for once we're here in the same room. Yeah. We're holding hands. <laughs> both hands. Yeah, guys, we have been gone for a little while because it's been a very busy summer. And we both moved. Yes, we both moved. Um and now I'm here you're here in my home and it's nice and we get to hang out and to because of this occasion we're like hey we should pick a movie that we've both already seen in love and just love to talk about and one that like wasn't a recommendation from either of us I think we both heard about this movie for different reasons and then it was the beginning of the school year and we were like let's go to a movie and this was playing at the theater close to us it was really just more good luck than good management exactly but exactly. it's something we discovered together the movie is pride we haven't said the name not yet. the 2007 bernie mac movie oh but the it's about a swim team i think terrence howard's also there i haven't seen it this okay. is about the 2014 british film pride yes yes um but yeah, so it may be a bit different than usually how we do podcasts, but that's okay. But not really, because uh, even when we don't like the movie the other person's recommending, we're very congenial, which I think is a yes. strong suit of ours, because yeah. I just love when you talk about things, and so that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. We're going to hear us talk about a thing. Yeah. We're going to have to make sure, because we're in the same room, that we can't use... We talk with our hands a lot when we're in person. It's going to punch the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it may sound a little bit different, but... Um, Emma, we're going to do some spotlights before we get started. I love this plan. Yes. That's our usual plan. That is our usual plan. But because this pick is both our pick, um, we'll both have like a little bit mm. of a spotlight. A little sizzle, a little splash. Exactly. And... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to make noise. <laughs> so we're... Okay. <laughs> I just put a glass really slowly on the counter. Like the slowest <laughs> <laughs> and we just kind of both paused and just like watched it happen yeah so when we were about to record i was like oh we could just say we're visiting and that's our spotlight you're like i have i something. came prepared and, and it's like, a spotlight swap and it's thematically relevant yeah. i was ready and so then i was like okay i will come up with one and what i've come up with is actually, you did a great segue towards it. I bought new glasses. Oh! This <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with the episode, but everything no. to do with this moment. Yeah, so I went, we went to Winners, and I saw these glasses, and I, they're like, you know, I'm trying to describe a visual thing, but it's a glass, but then inside the glass, the inside, like, it goes down, and it goes into a shape of a cat or a dog. It's a glass inside a glass. Yeah, and I've always thought those are really cool. And then I saw these, and I was like, Emma, look at them. And I bought them, and we've had tea in them this morning. And our tea was in the shape of upside-down kitty cats and puppy dogs. And it was delightful. And so when I was looking at it, I was like, you know what? Get you something little small, like something like a glass that you use all the time, or like a, a daily thing that brings you joy, like kind of like rev it up a bit. So this was kind of like a, hey, yeah, I can have a tea in a mug. Or I can have an upside down puppet dog. And that's what I have. And it's very delightful. This isn't my spot that's up. I resisted the urge to buy fancy cups, but I did buy churro flavored marshmallows at Winners and no regrets there whatsoever. I'm looking at the bag right now. I'm like, it's too crinkly to eat. But like, they taste okay. like churros. Okay. This is nothing yes. to do with Pride the movie, but the marshmallows <laughs> do taste like churros. And because they have the sugary coating, it has the crunch it's like of a, a churro. crispy marshmallow. Oh my God, guys. 
They're it's, really good. It's really good. Winners is my second best friend after Jenny. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal, That's actually. Pretty- Winners is sad. I just downgraded Winners a slot. <laughs> Oh, wow, I'm, I'm excited. Okay, that is my spotlight. What is yours? My spotlight swap is probably the best known song from the Canadian country folk singer Rita McNeil. She's from Nova Scotia. Uh, I love her. She passed away in 2013, um, but just this past spring was inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. Ooh. Uh, and she was pretty popular in Canada. She was the best selling country artist in Canada actually at one point in the 90s over like Damn. All other country artists happened Damn. in the 90s. Um, and then this song that I'm about to talk about, Working Man, was actually a moderate hit in the UK, probably, I'm guessing, because of the big strike, because this song came out in the 80s. Mm. And she wrote Working Man after visiting coal mines in Cape Breton here in Canada and wanting to write a song in support of coal miners as like mm. a kind of anthem for them. Yeah. So... She brings the coal miners chorus into the song to sing backup. It's very moving. It's a wonderful song. And this movie is about the coal miner strike, which I also just watched Billy Elliot and only like in the past month put together that they are about the same strike. So oh, yeah, yeah. You you played it for me. It's very like I didn't realize like a working song is a very specific genre of music. Yes, like you started playing, I was like, yeah, it reminds me of the like I Am Woman song too. Yeah, Roll Meter Meadows also was like a very famous like feminist artist as well, similar uh, to Helen Reddy. So that's a good comparison. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, when did you first hear that song? I actually heard it very recently on a Dean Winchester playlist. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, but yeah. it is also about Dean Winchester. But uh, for the sake of this episode, <laughs> we will honor the intended origins. And mm. it is more specifically about coal miners and not Dean Winchester clawing his way out of hell. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, songs can have multiple meanings. They can. On the I would love to think that Rita McNeil was also a heller, but I, I don't know. Mm. I can't speak to that. That is fair. That is fair. Should we get into the movie? Yes, let's. Yes. Like I said, this movie is about the coal miner strike and many other things. Um, but this strike, we are not experts on at all, aside from how it is portrayed in popular culture, which is... Yeah. I think overall quite favorably because people do not like Maggie Thatcher. Yeah. Yeah. And so this movie, what you kind of said at the beginning, we both like heard about it individually in a sense. Like I remember I used to be really into watching trailers. Like there was an app like on my computer that was like trailers. (laughs) Yeah. There was like an Apple trailer website where you just go and watch movie trailers. That was my hobby. I just love trailers. I used to want to like make trailers because I thought that would be really fun. That would be a wonderful job. And I found this movie, uh, through my then hobby and still current hobby of just reading movie reviews every Friday. I mean, like, what am I going to go see? And this was right after I had gone back out of my hometown. So like, this isn't a, we don't live in a town that gets movies really on limited Mm. release a lot, but we do get more movies. So I was like, okay, what do I want to go see this weekend? And then pride looked really good and had Andrew Scott in it. Yeah. And during that time I was also getting really into Sherlock. And I just remember watching this movie and this is, I, 
I technically have seen all of Sherlock was like many people, a very diehard fan for the early seasons. Yeah. No, I've seen all of Sherlock yeah. physically cannot remember what happens in the last episode. People have no. told me several times and I'm like, I don't remember this no. at all. I know I watched it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. But I was very pleased because at this point in his career, Andrew Scott is so wonderful. Um, and I, was concerned for his career and people would never get past Moriarty. Obviously, that's very funny now, seven years later, because I think people have forgotten he's Moriarty and it's just now all about him being the priest oh. from, from, from Fleabag. Uh, I had a lot of trouble saying that. That's okay. But he's got the range and he's yeah. wonderful in this. And we just watched, because I have the DVD and we just watched, there's only like two special features, which is like the real story and the trailer. It was interesting because in the trailer, you see him for like a second. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that that was the reason why I initially was like, oh, this seems like a, well, it seemed like a warm hearted film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like this. But then I was like, oh, cause he's it. I want to see it. Yeah. And then now that it's like one of my favorite movies of all time, like I love his plot and like his character in it, but like, they're just, he's a small part of the movie. Yeah. But if that is a little ticket to get you into watching it, do it. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, also, in the special features we were watching, they were talking about, like, this movie came out 29 years, this came out in 2014, 29 years after the anniversary of, like, the main events of the film. And then, so the following year, a lot of anniversary things were happening again, also because there was more awareness of it because of this movie. Mm. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit later, actually, because I'm not going to talk about the end of the movie when we haven't even gotten there yet, because that's <laughs> too much context. Good Lord. But we were very lucky to be both living in the same town and both have, like, this town has multiple movie theaters, and because it was a limited release, we were still able to see it because it was in one of the theaters. Yeah, which it's so strange. It wasn't even one of the main theaters in this town. Um, but I was just going to say, it's like the big thing they were talking about, the special features, is how important it is to memorialize this history and these events from 30 years ago because even though 30 years isn't that long ago um so much of queer history from that time is lost because so many people died yeah and it's very easy to feel disconnected from it because of that and so they talked a lot about how important it is because you forget you think 30 years that's not that long ago we're almost 30 years old so like Damn. <laughs> I'm going to just keep dropping in how we're getting old every single opportunity because I think it's great. Go us. Oh, so this event was almost 40 years ago because this uh, this movie takes place nine years before we were born. Okay, yeah. I guess, yeah, because now it's been yeah. like seven years since this movie came out. Yeah, because it came out in happening. 2014, yeah. It's all happening. Wow, actually, <laughs> that really hit me. Okay, what was I trying to say? I don't know. With this? Oh, they're talking about how important it is because if you're looking at the context of now almost 40 years ago when this, mm. this movie was happening, um, the age of consent for gay people was 21, not 18. Mm. Um, Bill Nye, who's in the movie, was talking about in the special feature how when he, when he was growing up, being gay in public was a criminal offense. Yeah. And then looking at, you look at all of the progress that has been made since then, but then you still have things like uh, the promotion for this movie is when it came out on DVD. And I meant to check your DVD case because in America it got criticism because this movie is about a group called LGSM, Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners, raising money for a Welsh village during the 84-85 coal miner strike in England. The, like one of the longest labor yeah. like strikes in the history. Yeah. And the US DVD release casually left out the Lesbian and Gays Support the Miner bit and was just like, oh, a group of London-based activists. 
Oh. So can we just check your DVD case? I don't know if you have it on it or not, but I just think it's really interesting when we talk about the context of these things to look at how these stories are still told today. It's important to tell them, and then it's interesting to see how they get out and what makes the cut or not, even it, in promotion. It just says pride. What, um... They don't say that. Yeah. It says London-based group. Oh, London-based group of gay and lesbian activists. Okay, nice. So it is in there. So they've added it in. So apparently on some of the US DVDs, they left out the fact that it's LGSM, which is so strange. And I mean, if maybe only to like get people to be like, okay, cool. And then they watch it and then they change. Lock the doors behind you. <laughs> like Mad Max. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got you guys. We got ya. <laughs> now you must watch. Yeah. It was a feminist masterpiece the yes. entire time. Exactly. Thank you, George Miller. Um, yeah. And then Jenny and I were talking about this earlier. Just the fact that um, the different ratings between countries. This was rated 15 in the UK because it is a UK movie. And then when mm. again, when it came over to the US because they use profanity. It was rated R, despite it being a very crowd-pleasing, family-friendly yeah. movie. Like, it's very interesting to see how the MPAA decides what's appropriate for what age or not when yeah. we live in an age where anyone can access anything on the internet. Rating system always didn't make any sense to me because we were saying this, and I was like, yeah, because, like, the King's speech is rated R because he says the F word a bunch of yeah. times. And, like, I know for us, we, like, put our podcast as rated explicit because sometimes we may swear. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but I... Just in case, but it's not like this movie. I feel like if their rating was that high, like that could be really hard. It's restricting anyone who is underage from going to see it, and it's a movie that I think a lot of people should go see because it is this huge piece of UK history in terms of like workers' rights and in terms of queer rights. So yeah, and it's based off of a true story, not just like not just the events, but also the actual people. The people. Yeah, when you watch films based on real life, I always go in with the expectation of some of these are going to be composite characters, some of these are going to be fictional, and surely that is the case with Pride. But again, it's really fun to watch the special features and see like the direct analogs and be like, no, like there is a real Mark Ashton, there is a real Mike, a real Jonathan, and even the bookstore they meet in, Gaze the Word, is was one of the first, I think, the first gay and lesbian bookshop in the UK, and for a long time, the only. It's still oh. open today. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yay. And I love when, like, watching the special features and seeing them, like, in the same room. And also, like, the casting the is The casting on is point. very authentic. It's very, like, there is definitely the physical resemblances, but they really capture the spirit of, like, I mean, we're only seeing two-minute clips of interviews with yeah. these people, but just from the attitude they put forward, it's like, oh, this is what they were channeling in the movie. It's... It's a it's really strong performances all around from the whole ensemble. Yeah, and it's the movie itself is like the main things I describe is like heartwarming and mm-hmm. inspiring, but like I am laughing, I am smiling, but I'm also crying. Like it is the whole spectrum. Like I'm on edge sometimes, and I'm excited for them. I'm glad they're having fun. So I think just like how they structured the whole script itself. Mm-hmm. Really I know because well. it's heartwarming because it's just there's. There's no joy in only telling stories of, like, queer suffering. Yeah. 
there's no there's nothing for you there mm-hmm. that can't be every story you see so even though this strike was brutal they didn't win the mm-hmm. strike they yeah. had to quit like they were unable to get the votes they needed they had to end the strike margaret thatcher won for all intents and purposes um and then we're in the middle of the aids crisis like a lot of grim things are happening in yeah. this movie but it's just saying but there was still community there is still life outside of that outside of suffering and i think it's really important to tell stories like that i agree because when you just focus on like this is the hardship of something then that's all people will focus on Mm -hmm. but it's even more powerful to see the resilience of people throughout these moments of crisis there's no real romantic narrative in this movie there's no love story but there are established couples Mm -hmm. and that's what really gets to me. Like you have these two characters that we'll get into more, Gethin and Jonathan, just to see them interact as a couple oh, and yeah. be comfortable in their home and cooking dinner together. That does so much for me. Yeah, I agree. It's so domestic and I love, mm-hmm. love, love, love it's, it. There's the sweeping love story that I talk about all the time that I love to see. And there's also everything that comes after. Yeah. And that's what Gethin and Jonathan are. Exactly. And I think they also just really they it's not like here's this group of people doing this thing like there's part of it but you can see the reasons behind it and they want to change the world and they want to like help and do something Mm -hmm. and but it's also some of them are like i'm just here has something to do (laughs) which is also a huge thing they're like we want to help and we're not attached to this cause but it's important to us that we have something to do we have people to be with yeah and they too get invested in the cause of this village yes um which i'm not welsh and i'm realizing i can't remember it and i would probably mispronounce the name apologies to the welsh language you're very lovely Mm. i just don't know how to make those sounds that's fair you know what you don't have to you're you're duolingling I'm I'm on 142 Duolingo streak, you guys. Yeah. You inspired me. I started it yesterday. You're on a two-day Duolingo streak, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. We're friends on Duolingo, too. I know. It's really cool. I'm learning Korean. (laughs) It'll be fun. Um, Yeah, but this movie... Uh, was a not a huge box office success because it had a very limited release. Mm. I think it only made around $17 million, and that's worldwide. Yeah. Uh, but it was a huge success. It was extremely popular, critically loved and adored. I think mm. there was one review I saw when I was looking from someone who wrote for the Financial Times in the UK who was like, oh, it's really glorifying the miners' strike. And I was like, ooh, say you hate the working class. Damn, damn. Um, it premiered at the 2014 Cannes Film Festival where it won the Queer Palm Award, which is ooh. a relatively new award for the festival. It's only been around since 2010. Okay. And it's awarded to what they consider the best queer film at the mm-hmm. festival. So that was really cool. Yay. I'd also gotten nominated for a Golden Globe Award, which I was very excited about. Oh. What happened remains now is very funny when I think about how the Golden Globes have completely disintegrated around us. Yeah. Um, it lost to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, and I see why the Grand Budapest Hotel won, and I disagree <laughs> with that decision. But also, when we were... No. No, that was when we were that watching... That was the greatest show, but yeah. never mind. I was like, it's odd, because they also had a... That's a different movie. We also show. watched The Greatest Showman earlier today, but that's entirely unrelated. Um, yeah. And then it actually also showed at the Toronto Film Festival, but that is before I lived in Ontario, so I did not get to see it there. Mm, that's <laughs> but fair. I bet it was a real crowd pleaser there, too. I can, like, yeah. the, the Toronto Festival is the People's Festival. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That yeah. is absolutely a choice I would have made if I was a programmer trying to find a U.S. distributor. Mm. Yeah, I 
Um, we kind of talked about before that we were recording, but the soundtrack of this movie is so good. Like it, even like as soon as it just starts out, when it's like right before they show the title card, the music starts and you're like hooked already. Like, okay, this is going to be a fun time. This is going to be a journey and adventure we're going on. Okay. And then Jenny and I were also uh, consolidating our notes and making sure we had everything together that we wanted to say today. And so many times I was like, fudge I gotta look at the composer frick I gotta look at the composer I forgot to look at the composer and then I finally she was like are you ready to record ready to hit play and I was like no I still haven't looked at the composer for this movie I looked him up okay I was like and then I still didn't his name is Christopher Nightingale oh what a great name this is the only movie he has done he is credited as the composer oh but he has done additional music for many other films and which is like when you have a film or a TV show, you'll have like people who do like the main themes and mm-hmm. overtures and all that. But then you also have people contribute other music. Yeah. So he has contributed music to Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther. Whoa. A lot of Marvel. Yeah. But then also Baywatch. Oh. And also Logan Lucky. Interesting. So this man is fascinating to me. He's got the range. I have no idea... I guess just take the jobs you, you're getting, and those are all good movies. I haven't seen Baywatch, but that's all very fun movies to work on, I imagine, for music. Interesting, because, yeah, that is definitely a wide range of types of films. Like, for this one, definitely, like, going back in the archives to try to find specific songs, but then... But then like, also his original score uh, with, like, that, that rock and... Not rock and roll, but, like, this very rousing guitar. And it's also, like, to create a sound that is very 80s. And mm-hmm. make it new. And it's Ooh. not a movie with a lot of orchestration, so they do reuse this main riff a lot, and it works every single time. There's some moments when it's you can tell it's a song that has a lot of different layers to it. Mm-hmm. So um, they'll use like the same riff over and over again, but then there's completely a full song. And then they'll use this one song when it kind of like dips down and that could be used in a dramatic moment, but it's still the same beat. So it's this consistency throughout the mm-hmm. entire film, which is nice. Um, yeah. And so we can certainly talk about more about the casting. I'll probably talk about the actors as we talk about the characters a little bit. It's like a pretty stacked cast. It's a pretty stacked cast. And it, this movie really understands that it's an ensemble cast, that it is about these two groups coming together. It is about these minors and it is about LGSM. And they're definitely characters that get more like individual plots. Mm. But even when I was looking at this movie, it got nominated for several, uh, independent British film awards and all of the actors who were nominated were nominated in the supporting category because there is no true lead actor to this film. And I really enjoyed seeing that. It won a few British Independent Film Awards. It won for um, Imelda Staunton, won Best Supporting Actress. Then it also won Best British Film. And Andrew Scott won for Best Supporting Actor. Which is uh, it's so funny. We said he has very few scenes, but he does he absolutely does. nail those scenes. And he gets a lot of the very emotional moments in the movie. I agree. I... No, we won't be able to get to every single person's like plot in this mm-hmm. film because, like you said, it's a huge cast, and we were like writing down all of the characters and all the actors, like who's all these people? But and it just kept going. It just kept going. But again, these small roles, like there are some characters that are only in a couple of scenes, or they're in a lot of scenes but not a lot of lines, but they have 
such a they do such a good job of portraying who these people are with the limited time that we have with them. So even some background characters, I'm like, I they still have so much personality mm-hmm. and um, wit and comedy. And this movie has such good comedic timing. Holy shit. Like, for example, very beginning of the movie, um, there's a character that doesn't want to be seen at a pride parade. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be seen. And then he's holding a giant banner. He's like, oh no, what happened? Okay, yeah. So it gets into the plot of the movie is our point of view character is a character named Joe throughout the movie called Bromley, which is where he's from. And he has to go into town, into London. And he's living with his parents. He's in university and he's closeted. And the, so the film opens with him attending his first Pride Parade. But I really wanted to give like that character a shout out. It's very nerve wracking because going to Pride is not going to Pride today, which is a yeah. party, is a festival. It was a march. Yeah. And they're like, not to say that people don't get heckled and harassed at Pride events today, but it is a completely different tone. Exactly. It was a protest. Yeah. It There's was no a march. corporate yeah. involvement yet. Exactly. Um, so this character Bromley ends up holding up this sign and then just kind of koala bears himself onto these very loud, very social activists who are, who decide to start collecting money for the miners. And he's like, Oh, thank God. Cause I don't know anyone here. So can I help? And they're like, obviously we're going to make you ask for money in the street. Most people hate doing that. So come on, come on. And the whole idea is um, to collect money for the miners comes from Mark Ashton and Mark decides like, Hey, like I've been seeing all of like, like there wasn't a lot of protests about us during the March. He's watching the news of Thatcher being like, Oh yeah. He's like, have you noticed how there are people, less people throwing bottles at our heads than usual. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, these people are getting all like the shit we used to get. And it's not... And one day the shit's going to end on them yeah. and going to come back to us. So why don't we try and make some friends and help some people while we can? Yeah. And build some bridges. And, like, they talk about later of how, like, Mark was like, I don't understand why people would fight for, like, labor rights but not women's rights or fight for this and not this. It's mm-hmm. like, it's all... We're all human beings. We just got to fight for each other. We're all the downtrodden. Exactly. Exactly. And it does us no good to compete against each other mm-hmm. for a little, a little piece of quiet exactly. not peace and quiet a little piece of quiet yes and so they join they create a group called lgsm lesbians and gay men is it gay men no or? lesbians and gays support the minors because on the bus later on it says gay men i was like i think they were just on the bus they were like and what about it oh uh, okay i was like they've added something okay so lgsm lesbians and gays support the minors group and at first i think there's only like six of them in mm-hmm. the group and they're like, okay, let's start a revolution. We're going to start raising money for everyone. And they start like having just grassroots, having buckets, trying to raise money. And um, Bromley is being seen like sneaking out and like trying to like still raise money because he is not out yet. And But he now has friends. Yay. Proud friends. of him. Yay. And um, I one of the main like roles of the group, which I think is such an important thing and it comes back later of like no one stands outside alone like yeah, no one collects no one collects money alone they always have a buddy and i think that's like an ongoing thing is like safety i know when they say it in the movie you're like mm, someone's going out alone later this is gonna yeah. end badly because i know how stories work but it's just generally a good rule yeah 
I agree. I agree. Buddy systems. Buddy systems are important. And then they're like, we got all this money. We need to like do. We want, something. they're trying, they're, they're going through the, the trade unions and having no luck because they keep getting frozen out because no villages are even given, being given the opportunity to accept this money because the union doesn't want the support because the union is like, well, we're already a joke. Yeah. We're already the butt of the country. Yeah. Of the, the British Isles. Because mm. um, I know Welsh is not part of, or Wales is not part of England. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Gethin. And Gethin, we keep talking about Gethin, but that's because that's Andrew Scott. And because Gethin is wonderful. He is one of the composite characters. So, he mm. is, like, they're he in this is the owner of the bookshop where they all meet and he's also married to this character Jonathan who is a real person they kind of just like smush bookstore owner Jonathan's partner together yes <laughs> yes um but he is Welsh and hasn't been back in several several years uh but points out like okay go here here are the coal villages that are perishing who are dying now mm. just call them directly so that's what they do they just start calling up town councils until they get through. And they get through to this little Welsh town. When? And there's a scene of a phone ringing and it looks like a gymnasium or something. And then... Like a see, community center. Yeah, and you see Gwen, this little old lady walking from one side of the, the room to the other. And she's just walking in her heels. The slowest walk, but she's getting it she's there. She's getting there. And so I'm very glad they were persistent and did not hang up after my personal rule of three rings. That's it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, but you have heard of it, it's probably because of Gwen and you don't even realize it. Cause I think the only times I ever see this movie referenced outside of people talking about why don't more people watch pride? It's with a gif of the scene in the movie where she goes, where are my lesbians? Yes. <laughs> While running yeah. off a bus. Yes. So if you've heard of this movie, it's because of that gif. She is such a funny character. Cause she just has all these one liners all of a sudden. Like she has a very like heartfelt moment talking about her husband and she's like, Oh my God, I'm pissed. <laughs> love in your life i am absolutely wasted <laughs> she's just like sitting there and is like i have to go home um but she's like little welsh grandma and they get all excited because they said yes and they're like okay this will be perfect and they're like they're gonna come and the, so a representative from this village is gonna come to london and we'll give them the cash and then it'll be great from like the most adorable man i have ever set my eyes on he is the cutest like he has the kindest eyes and the nicest smile, and he portrays this character so well. So it's Die, played by Patty Considine. I love this man. He just shows up. He's like, hello. And this actor just shows up in everything, too. Does he? He's in a lot of British things. He's also a director and a writer. He's just in a lot of stuff. He'll be like, oh, there you are, Patty Considine. There I hope I'm are. saying his name right. Patty Considine. And um, he doesn't realize what LGSM stands for. He just, you know... Uh, much like the U.S. DVD would have you believe, he thinks the L stands for London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they show up and he's like, well, thank your community and this is great. And then Mark They're like, do like, you want to think? Oh, yeah. So Mark is our yeah. leader of the group. Mark Ashton is a real life mm. activist um, and communist and yeah. other good Yeah. Uh, who is the one who's leading this. He's also one of our main point of view characters as well. Yes. And it's like, well, you know what? I am here to cause... And solve problems on purpose. So why don't you come thank the community yourself? And this is a scene where you get worried that it's going to be played for last. This is this movie's honestly very low tension throughout the whole movie mm. because it has this aura of you know how the strike ended, but this story is kind. Yeah. 
But I did get nervous. I get nervous every single time because they take this very sweet Welsh man, die to a drag bar. And I was so concerned that like it was just going to be played for laughs about like mm. it going horribly or them everyone being uncomfortable. And that is not the case at all. This is, this happens exactly at like the 19 minute mark. So we're not even that far into the movie. And this marks the first time I cry during this film because Dai goes up there. He cracks a joke to try to like, like ease the tension a bit. And then this speech is so heartfelt. If you've supported LGSM, then thank you. Because what you've given us is more than money, it's friendship. When you're in a battle against an enemy so much bigger, so much stronger than you, but to find out you had a friend you never knew existed, well, that's the best feeling in the world. So thank you. And it's also like the music changes and it becomes super serious because at this time, um, Jonathan doesn't really want to be involved in the whole thing and kind of hack, which is funny. He like heckles him and then later is like, yeah, hecklers are hard. I was like, it was you, Jonathan. That was you, Jonathan. You did <laughs> you that. Did and then, so he just says this speech. And I think one of the reasons why it like resonated so much with Jonathan is like during the AIDS crisis, it's a, you could do that speech and it could mean something very similar of like a, a going against this giant power and then having like a friend, someone there who can help you. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know existed. And it's, it gets me in the soul. And mm-hmm. it's, oh. And so LGSM starts attracting more members and this is like kind of played for last, but again, there's more tension and I think it's interesting and it's something the movie doesn't have time for. And also, and not to their judgment, I think isn't really interested in exploring because they're very focused on the story of LGSM and the minors, mm-hmm. but they like start getting more popular and they bring in Steph who's like the token lesbian of the friend yeah. group starts like bringing some of her friends into it. But then yeah. there's this tension of like, well, we want to focus on these rights and these issues. Mm-hmm. So then the group does like throughout the movie kind of splinter into smaller groups. Yeah. And I'm very glad they included that because I think that is like an inherent struggle of community organizing is you have a lot of people who are very, very passionate and it's very difficult like to just say, okay, well we have to focus on this thing because you, as soon as you start looking at one thing, you realize that it just spreads out into all these other problems. So I do like that they take this moment to be like, okay, but then this group happens so that they could do lesbians against pit closures, yes. could do this. Yeah. And it's like, this movie does a really good job, like you said, of holding all these individual plots for different characters and just giving context in like one line of saying, well, there was this conflict and there was this event happening. Yeah. And it's really good at just setting a scene through text. Yeah, I agree. And I think they also do a really good job at not like, there are some elements, but like overall not stereotyping. Like mm-hmm. they don't like, the small Welsh town, they didn't stereotype it as like, everyone is like, oh, who are these people? No, there's like people who are welcoming. There's people who are unsure. Who are hesitant. And it really does do this whole like breadth of experience. Yeah. Um, one thing about the club, I, unfortunately this is an audio medium. Mike is Mark Ashton's best friend. He's the more level-headed organizing yeah. one who is constantly inspired by his friend and harangued by his friend saying, let's do this without any planning. Yeah. Um, there is a moment in the club scene when, right before the speech starts, you know, everything's going to be okay where he just has his hand to his mouth and is like, 
looks like he's he's praying he's like why what this is gonna go horribly and i just love his expressions he's got this actor uh i think joseph gilgan has wonderful deadpan expressions yes definitely and i think another reason why that speech is quite interesting to me is that there's a speech later on where lgsm goes to the welsh town and mark goes up and does a speech and it's in on paper it's like both of them will just do a speech a thank you speech into each other's town but the implications and the aura of each is different mm-hmm. one is someone going into an environment that maybe is uncomfortable and unfamiliar to them and, and but the audience is on the defensive yes where the other one is someone speaking and like it could be completely unsafe for them to yes. be there which is a com- which i think is the biggest difference between a lot of two different bodies of groups um when one is like well i just feel uncomfortable and the other one's like well i don't want to die so (laughs) buddy system and i am on this stage alone (laughs) exactly exactly and so they finally get to the town after a lot of debate within the small council committee in will we even invite them exactly and then we meet Shan, 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 who's just there to like help a little bit, and then all of a sudden she like speaks up. And she's like, "You guys keep arguing of like, oh, she wants best. to be take on more responsibility." Yeah. This really spoke to me. This is her plot: is that she's this woman who's married to a minor, uh, but they're new to the town, so she like wants to be on the town council. She wants to be helping make these decisions yes. and having more responsibilities outside of her life as a mother. And then, so she just does it. And she just says, like, this council's been arguing. Like, they've raised us a ton of money. They are consistent in the money they give us, which is also so incredible that the LGSM isn't like, here's, here you go. We did our thing. It's, they're making these deliveries every single month. Yeah. They are feeding this town. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, I don't, it doesn't bother me about who they are. And then she's like, then invite them. Then that's okay. I'm calling your bluff. Yeah. And... I also really appreciate this movie because I don't think I would ever appreciate or ever not. Okay. I hate Umbridge so much. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the worst character in Harry Potter and I hate her. But the same actress is in this movie and I love her. I didn't think that would be possible. She's so wonderful. She's in the Downton Abbey movie as well. She's in many things other than the Downton Abbey movie and Harry Potter. But she's in the Downton Abbey movie, which always makes me very happy because she's also going to be in Downton Abbey too. Hathina is the character. But Amelia Sonia is just wonderful. And And this person is based off of a real person Mm -hmm. as well. And that person actually died on the first day of shooting the, the movie. And, um, what's the actress's name? Imelda Staunton. Yeah. And she's like, I was like taking on that role of like carrying on her story. Of, of her work. Yeah. And she is such a, like Athena and Shan are like very similar, but like one is definitely someone who's like, has gone through the ringer and is like a veteran of like standing up for herself mm-hmm. and doing things. And then Shannon's just like coming to her. It's own. very new to her. Yeah. So I love their dynamic. And, um, one of my favorite friend, like our duos in this is Hafina and Cliff Cliff. So Cliff is another one of the original characters. Thank you for listening to our movie recap podcast. <laughs> We're basically just an hour long Wikipedia page, but Hey, do you love Bill Nye? You know Bill Nye. He was Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's the rocker in Love Actually. And he just 
him and the special features of the talk of this DVD are wonderful because he talks about what a joy it was to read this script. And so he's an original character, but he's very important to the community to rounding out the ensemble of the villagers. Mm-hmm. And his character is this older man who has grown up in this village. His whole family has worked in the coal mines. And it's really important, and he was talking about not wanting to stereotype this village. And his character is someone who understands coal understands like the damages of it and the dangers of mining but also appreciates the beauty in it and like the way it's built his community he's very interested in history Mm. and poetry and he's all self-taught and he's this person who is very sure and comfortable in his knowledge and what he cares about and his passions without being sure and comfortable in himself um and as the movie goes on you realize that he is a closeted gay man in his 60s and mm-hmm. his relationship with Hafina is really important mm-hmm. because they have a scene where he does come out to her in the movie and it's a trope that I sometimes have trouble with where like a person comes out and the person they tell is like, oh, I've known for ages, which mm-hmm. is like a thing of even if you did, you need to respect the like difficulty that this like this person had in oh, telling sure. you and like coming to terms with their identity. Mm-hmm. But with Cliff, it is like this knowledge of you know me, you've known me for years. I've known this about myself for a very long time and I'm telling you now and she's just like I've got you and I never see it as cloying she's just like I know I love you let's keep making our because they're so broke it's like let's keep making our bread and butter sandwiches I know but their relationship is really good he's talking about the history of the town and you know she's heard this story so many times Mm -hmm. but she's asking him all of the questions so he can just keep talking about the things that he loves and it's very very meaningful and again a two second scene of her asking questions and Melisande's face clearly knows the answers already, but you're like, Oh, you're best friends and you care about each other so much. Yeah. Setting the scene with two lines of dialogue, setting the world. Yeah. And what his speech about like the black artery Mm -hmm. and how like the coal mine and vein of coal. And you realize it's not just about jobs. It's about like that they're fighting for. It's about, community and like tradition and and it's frustrating but it's like if you close all these minds if you totally degrade us you are degrading the like lives of everyone who's ever worked in that pit because like when you see the small welsh town it's like just out of nowhere it's just like a row of houses and that's the whole town mm-hmm. and so you can see and it, i really like all the scenes of when they're in like the the community center and we have an amazing scene when jonathan is dancing this is i think a movie where jenny and i in the theater were like okay we <laughs> love this movie we already liked it a lot but yeah. now we love it because you will put a musical number in a movie that is not a musical yes. i appreciate that gift yes and it's like this town and they're like oh this is the first like welsh man don't dance he's like what and then he puts on like this disco song and just dances with all of the women who are just oh. screaming and so happy to like have some attention and have some light shone on them by this yeah. man who's like you're amazing and it's all these women who love to dance and he loves to dance and it is just like again like this movie it would so easily be trite or insincere mm-hmm. this movie is like no this these people really were able to come together because they cared about the same things and they liked the same things and they liked each other because of this and yeah. so watching this scene it's just totally transformative and also at the end Jonathan says god I love dis- god I miss disco and I was so happy that this character who is a real person is still alive because yeah. of the disco renaissance that we're experiencing right now I hope he's very happy <laughs> yes I agree Oh, uh, and it, the guy actually was well known for like dancing mm-hmm. in the places. And he was like, yeah, it's like, a great I t- wish I could dance as well as Dominic West. Yeah. And also I, when I think of Dominic West, I think of this role, which is so funny. Cause this is so 
antithetical, I think, to every other thing I've seen this man in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That every time I mention it, you're like, oh, thank God, because a lot of his other roles are different than I that. know. <laughs> he plays, like, cheating bastard husbands or yeah. cops. And he's great yeah. in everything I've seen him in. The Hour and, you know, The Wire. It feels illegal to not mention yeah. The Wire. But The Hour, he's wonderful in. John Carter. Shout out to our first episode. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so this movie does a really good job of having these like light, fun moments and interaction with friends, but they also continuously show like the the troubling things that are happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like um, they're off to go see the town. It's like all exciting. And then Gethin's at home. He's like, okay, bye. And then you see him like scrubbing off someone spray painted the slurs and slurs and so he's like rubbing it off or like they're having this great time and then they like look and there's like a poster about like have you been tested and like i think they do a great job of reminding you about the realness of about how difficult it would have been to find joy in these times how impressive this group is because again they just keep going you see Mm -hmm. bromley at home continually lying to his family about where he is he's filling in with university another friendship thing i really like is like jonathan is kind of I, not the dad of the group because he's he's too much of a wild card to be the get him yeah. the dad of the group. Yeah. But Jonathan is like the old, part of the older generation. Yeah. And he's the one who Bromley is lying about being in culinary school. So he's the one who keeps buying things for his him to take home yeah. to his family. So it's like keep up the lie. And they're like it's not good that you're lying. We want to keep you safe. Well that's the thing. It's safety first. It's safety first. We're going to keep yeah. you safe because this is where you live and you don't have any other options right now. Yeah. Or you have like again like, like, uh, like the shadows on the edge of this movie is Gethin even though his husband is involved or like his partner is involved, mm-hmm. all of his friends are involved, they're meeting in his store. He never goes with them to the village initially because he is Welsh and hasn't yeah. been back to Wales in several years. And so that's a big thing. There's this moment, the yeah. second time we cry in this movie, <laughs> where it's Christmas and Hafina calls to wish Jonathan a happy Christmas and Gethin answers the phone and she picks up on the accent immediately and is again just like, we miss you, we love you. Yeah. And we don't even know you, but I'll be your mom now. Yeah, and like she says like a Welsh phrase a welsh blessing and, and then he, there's just like a moment he pauses and it, that's why he wins won the british independent film award because this whole grief and relief passes across andrew scott's face in that moment it's beautiful and not to bring it back to random dance numbers it's not a dance number musical number but there's another singing moment in this movie we're holding hands again <laughs> bread and roses Slaps. <laughs> I love union music. I love worker, working man's music. Rita, bread and roses. That's the music of the people. I say as someone who just desperately, Jesus, God wishes I was in a union. <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. And also I love moments when one person starts to sing and then someone else stands and then another person stands. Yeah, and all it's together. a good group singing number. And it's all like the women singing and they're all emotional. And then after like the men join them and it's also another show of like unions. Like we're coming together and supporting each other. Labor rights. So that's the third time. <laughs> yes. And <I'm, laughs> it's not a sad movie. It's, it's a very happy movie. Like all these tears are just like, I need to like expunge. <laughs> The tears from my body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Oscars very occasionally, you know, will consider adding or changing the title of a category. Mm. You know, uh, best animated feature didn't happen until the 2002 Oscars for 2001 movies. Mm. Um, they tried and failed to institute a best popular film category, oh, which yeah. was a stupid idea. How do you quantify that? Yeah. What are you trying to achieve? A category I would love to see is 
we have best actor, best actress, best supporting. I want best, like, ensemble? not guest. Oh. I would love best ensemble. I want best, like, performance for an actor or performer who is in one scene of a movie. Like, the people with, like, oh. I want it to be under five minutes of screen time. Are you talking about the guy in the club? Yes, I'm talking about Russell Tovey. Okay, yeah. I yeah. love Russell Tovey. He's a fantastic British actor. Uh, if you were on the internet in 2011, then you probably know him as playing uh, Alonzo in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also in Being Human. He's in Looking on HBO. He's in many, many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the great, great years. But he's in this movie. And it felt like a, a real, like, not stunt casting, but he is this recognizable face. He shows up three quarters of the way through this movie when they're in a club and Mark, our hero, and like Jenny said, you've got the, are you getting tested? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, like very incorrect at like shock ads running on TV yeah. about the AIDS crisis. And then you have Mark run into his ex at a club and the ex is not well. No. Tim, I think his name is. And he Tim, is yes. like, just kind of grabs Mark in the hall and is like, I'm on the farewell tour. Yeah. And then just one, like, it's a very gripping scene, and he walks away, and uh, Ben Schnitz, who plays Mark Ashton, is wonderful again through this whole movie. Mm-hmm. If only because I saw a trailer for a new show he's in, Why the Last Man, very excited, and was like, wow, this British actor does a great American accent. No, he's American, and does a really good British accent in Pride. <laughs> yeah. So We but, only discovered this today. <laughs> today, when we watched the special features, and I had to have a real reckoning moment. <laughs> But uh, it's that it's that drop that you get every time you watch anything queer set in the eighties of you can't escape it. No, and it's haunting. Yeah. But the reason they're at the club actually. Yeah, the reason <laughs> is a much better reason than this than so the, the, my depressing anecdote. Um. So there's um, Maureen at the is one of the ladies of the council. If, you know she's bad news because they gave her a really ugly haircut. Yes. Sorry and to that lady. So she tells the news about how they're getting support from a group of like people from the LGBTQ plus community. And they're like, ah, and so they, um, get like a brick, like thrown into their, like, you know, it's like, it's almost at the third act. She's like, Oh shit. And things are going to pop off soon. There's been no conflict yet. And there's like an article calling them like perverts and stuff. And so now the union wants to vote against this village, accepting LGSM's money. Cause it's saying you're, you're diminishing our work and our cause by accepting so them. St- so, stupid. so stupid. And so they have to have this big vote and LGSM and our squad of faves, Cliff, Hafina, Di, yeah. Gail, um, decide to, host a benefit they're like if we raise a huge amount of money there's yeah. no way they can say that our cause isn't like our contributions are not worth it so they decide to host a huge benefit yeah. and it's a really great moment of watching everyone come together in the planning because you see this group and they're all very passionate organizers at the beginning of the film but to see them be able to organize a large-scale event see Bromley take on charge of like yes. doing like stage directions and photography and taking on an official role and like even the women who had splintered off into another group come in and help and how like and the villagers are coming to London for this event. They're bringing concerts. They're bringing like, and just an incredible amount of awareness and cash, cash. to the cause. Yes, yes, yes. And it's thrilling, but it's also again, a moment of you're like, Oh, everything's going so well. Oh, yeah. And so like after the concert, then they all go to a bunch of different like, 
bars and stuff and it's really adorable and they have another time and then that's when we meet the guy and he's like hey mm-hmm. and like oh shit third um, act here we third come third act complications <laughs> also interesting just like there's a scene where the Welsh ladies are like we want to see all of it we want to see where you hang out we want to yeah. go to all your parties even like the leather scene yeah. and there is a scene where they go to a bondage club and that is part of why this movie was also rated R in the States which is like they compare. They talk about what preferred brand of talcum powder to use. There is nothing obscene happening, no. inherently obscene happening. Like you see, in like the women like showing photos of their kids. Yeah, and, like, and it's just like you're not, you're <laughs> yeah. you're scarifying something that doesn't need doesn't need it. No. Um, but we hit some complications because they raise the money, but the vote doesn't go their way. Because so they change. They change the, Maureen the, with the homophobic haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Changed the time of the meeting. Those bangs so, are doing no one by, any favors. <laughs> so by the time they me. get, <laughs> by the time they get there, the vote's already been done. And then, but then they see all this money, and they're like, "It's all about they're pushing their own agenda." And they're like, like, "Oh, cool! When they're giving us thousands of pounds enough to buy a van for the community." Yeah. And I think like even the title of the movie is Pride, and, and like it could be like you have to have pride. Like they're all like, "Oh, it's an embarrassment." No, have pride. Have pride in yourself, in yeah. your work, and what you do, and who yeah. you are. Yeah. And all the aspects of identity yeah. that comes with. Yes. And then also we have a moment when, um, before we go to official third act, um, when Gethin like goes and sees his mom. I think Gethin was very magnanimous to make the first step yeah. because they do say like, oh, I, my mother kicked me out and hasn't talked to me in however many years. Yeah. They're like, well, did you ever try talking to her? And I was like, he doesn't have to actually. No. Yeah. So it's very generous of Gethin. Um, but I'm very happy that he got yeah. to go home and that he had the support he needed to go home. And there's like this such adorable, like, um, what is the word when it's like homey? domestic when like they're before they go when they go back and it's like just Gethin and Jonathan and they're just like in their robes outside the bookstore with their coffee and they're like bye everybody. wave goodbye <laughs> to everybody and even then when they there's a lot of scenes whenever they go to visit Wales all of the members of LGSM have to stay in everyone else's homes and they're like really just slip, like sleeping toe to toe in living yeah. rooms and sleeping bags and then you see the flip side of it of all of the Welsh ladies getting to stay with David and Jonathan not David and Jonathan that got a little <laughs> biblical Gethin and Jonathan <laughs> I'll never forget you, Kings NBC. Um, <laughs> um, but what I really like about that is it's very good hosting because they put all of the very loud Welsh ladies in their bedroom while they sleep on an air mattress in the living room yeah. and are so tired. They're like, please, will these women go to bed? And the answer is no, they will not. No. But David and Jonathan are just like, okay, we're just going to yeah. have a little cuddle, which makes me very happy because it is, again, just like, yeah. you don't get to see that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then we have the third act complications yeah. and uh, Bromley's parents find all of his pictures yeah. and the mom tries pulling a, I love you so I don't want you to get hurt. And he's like, you don't understand no. the damage you're doing by just yeah. by me living here. Yeah. And also by implying that of like, yeah, of like that my friends me will also. hurt me yeah, like, when they have shown me more kindness than yeah. certainly my family has. Um, and you have Gethin in a moment of crisis going and campaigning alone and getting yeah. attacked. Um, and then you have Mark dealing with the implications of his ex-boyfriend dying of yeah. HIV AIDS and realizing what's coming for him. And it's really stressful. And it's just like this, it goes to show like 
the movie has done such a good job of setting this very warm sense of community and the connections between these two groups but even within the groups is like these friendships get stronger Hafina and Cliff's friendship gets stronger mm-hmm. Shan makes friends Bromley and Steph become very very close I love that relationship we haven't talked enough about Steph yeah. Steph is wonderful and has I, beautiful hair and is go ahead I think they do a really good job of showing the like the relationship between someone who is gay and someone who is a lesbian mm-hmm. because a lot of times they seem in conflict in a lot of social media stuff for some reason like they seem like they're against each other but then like this does a really good job of showing how powerful that relationship can be how, how powerful this friendship can be and how like issues will always affect us as a group but our individual issues like issues and struggles will, will be different and like yeah. the ways those diverge and not don't intersect mm-hmm. um and Steph's just wonderful and Steph's relationship with the women in the village is also really good because yeah. eventually like the other lesbians do leave the group and again leaves Steph on her own but she becomes really close with the other women mm-hmm. including some woman Gail yeah. who they know again it's like just like a little drop plot point of Gail being drunk walking home after the benefit and talking to Steph and being like I love my husband but like I don't feel anything for him and yeah. Steph's like it's not, that's not actually supposed to be like that. And it's just been so like, and then Gail kisses her and it never goes anywhere, but you're just like, they probably had a conversation later or maybe they didn't. Maybe just left it at that. But like for one night, they just like also got to be friends. And like Steph just is this very like, again, warm hearted person. She's so bristly, but she's also the one who like brings Bromley into the group as a friend, not just as someone to hold a sign because she sees this little baby and is like, okay. And you hear that like they talk to each other Mm -hmm. all the time and she's the one. And she's the one who goes to check on him when he's he's isolated. And like the movie does a great job of setting up this community and all these different relationships and showing how damaging it is to lose them. Exactly. And so it's the dark, dramatic third act Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay. Um, and then Bromley leaves his family because there's a moment when he goes back to the Welsh. Because the strike has ended. The strike has ended, so he goes back to the community. They are doing their march with their big banner up. And then the people in the crowd are like, some of them are like clapping, like give the big hug. And then Shan's like, you need, we need to drive you back home, Yeah, because honey. he wants to stay in the village. And she's yeah. like, what are you going to do? Work in the coal mine? There's nothing for you no. here either, which is the right thing. It's, it's very mom. She's like, I'm going to drive yeah. you home. And so she goes, and she's in this van that says like... With the little gay man added just for an extra spice. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes, and it just happens to be during the same time as his sister's, his nephew or niece's like christening. And so, like, parked in front of the van, and they're like, the mom's panicking. The mom's the like, pa- drive, keep driving, keep driving, <laughs> tuck mom- your roll down. <laughs> the panic mom walks, like, uh, ma'am, everything's fine. Ma'am, ma'am. And then leaves, and he just drops a bunch of bombs, like, that perm never fit you. It never did. It's never suited you. Bye. And so he leaves, and then goes and lives with Steph, and then we cut to like a year later is it a year later or like the next pride event i think it was the next yeah pride so event. like the, the whole events of the movie take place over the course of a year yeah. so like assuming pride is in the summer because that's where it is now yeah. then like the movie takes like runs over christmas into the new year and the strike ends early in the new year uh, yeah um uh oh i just said like i don't remember the context where i was I'm looking at my notes and i'm just there was definitely a moment that i want to shout out to where someone makes a oh I remembered it. Gethin finally shows up to the Welsh village and says where he's from. And they immediately are like, get out. We don't want you here. We hate that village. And he does this little scared, amused face where he's like, 
that is funny, but if I laugh, I'll die of embarrassment well, like, and shame. Yeah. <laughs> like, at first he says that he thinks it's serious. And I then know, like, just like, kidding. It's fine if you're gay, but you, we draw the line at this village. <laughs> and he's just like, it's funny, but don't joke about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I just want to get Andrew. Yeah. It's got another shout out there. But yeah, so we flash, not really forward, but yeah, no, we flash forward. We can say <laughs> that. We don't flash sideways. Where was I going I with that? To pride the next year. Yes. And so during that, um, for a while, so Mark has kind of went AWOL and left. Mm-hmm. And Bromley's been missing, but comes back. Bromley's been missing. Gethin's in hospital, but Gethin's recovers. In, he recovers. We find out that Jonathan was like number two. Was the second person in the UK to be diagnosed with HIV. Yes. And, and is still alive to this day. And they don't know what Why? kept him alive in the yeah. early, early years. And so we get, and they're like, they reunite. Mark says, I'm sorry. And he's like, okay, cool. And then so they go to the pride frame. And they, it, this is an interesting conflict of like that difference between when pride was like protests and like a mat to like being just like celebration. And mm-hmm. this was like a turning point. And this like, is, well, yeah. Like do? even you see them early in the pride parade, they report not at the front, but with their protest signs. And then in this, a year later, it suddenly has become people are scared of us. We need to be more appealing, less mm-hmm. threatening. So the, the political science, you guys can go to the back. Yeah. Uh, which is so funny, yeah, yeah, when you look at where there's so many discussions about should cops be allowed at Pride? What mm-hmm. is the difficulty with corporate sponsorships at Pride? And even uh, for the 30th anniversary, LGSM in 2015 was going to lead the Pride Parade in 2015. Mm. Uh, and they opted out of it because they weren't allowed to march with the other unions. So they chose to march further back instead of leading the parade. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty big deal. They yeah. then that since it was a big anniversary that year, they did do several other pride parades across mm-hmm. the UK, um, and did do a big gala actually as a Mark Ashton mm. uh, fundraiser. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So during the parade, they're like, "Oh, we gotta go to the back," and then there's all this dramatic. And then Joe, like Joe, comes into his own. And he's like, "We gotta march together." There's a moment when like everyone looks at him like, "Damn, this child is hello, man." I know. <laughs> they're like. We love this for you, but you you don't have to do that if you don't want to. It's okay, but we appreciate the effort. Yeah, and then the this the, is the, the most well, heartwarming thing of my life. Where are my lesbians? <laughs> and so the the little van comes and all they're coming to support them. And they're like, oh, that's so great, and like they're reunited and they're so excited. And then someone's like, you're too much. You have to you go. You have to, the front. to go to the front because your group is too large. And they're like, there's thirty of us here. And then okay, so. All of a sudden, you see all of like these industrial, like huge trucks coming, transport in, buses coming, and it's every single like village, and they're coming, and they're like they have all their giant um, like flags, and they're here to support them. And this is yeah, so like LGSM <gasps> still exists as a group, and it's primarily just like a fundraiser that they sell like merch and stuff, which is yeah. totally fine, but like. For decades after, they were still so active in, yeah. like, workers' rights and queer rights and twice. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, they all show up, and, and they're, they're, like, doing the call sheet, and they're like, they're here, and they're here. And there's one character we didn't talk about. There was the woman with the bad haircut. Her sons weren't into it. But then at the end, one of the sons is there, and I'm like, oh, yay, yay, growth! <laughs> at least you're starting to, like, I know, there's some, there's some good silly little plot lines with the younger, little minors who are like, yeah. well, girls like me if I how to dance <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and then so they all are like joining together and it's so 
like emotional because it's they talk about this one big banner that they only bring out on certain occasions and it's very and, very old <laughs> and it's like just like two hands like shaking it's like i'm here for you i'll be here for you and this is like the embodiment of that and you could see that even though they were told no and they weren't allowed to fundraise for them and all that stuff they made such a huge impact on them that mm-hmm. they're going to now support you. And so they march and then they do the best thing I love in movies when, because this is based off of a true thing, they're like, where are they now? This is my favorite part of any real life movie. I'm like, show me pictures of the real people now, yeah. please. What are they up to? And yeah. the updates here are really good. They're really good. So you find out like, um, that like Jonathan is still alive, which is very exciting. Um, Sadly, you find out that Mark passed away, like, very soon after that March. Like, he died when he was 26. Yeah, he was diagnosed with AIDS and I think died 12 days later. Yeah. And, like, when I watched it, I wasn't 26. And now we're 28. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. You were so young. And then we find out more about Shan, who, like... Went to become one of the first women Welsh MPs. Yeah. And like in specific, like the first ever in this like category. And she went to university and it's like, yes, powerful women. This is exciting. And that, um, do you have the full anecdote for the vote? The vote. I don't have the full anecdote, but I do. I know the basis of it. Yes. So there was, um, there was continuously there on the table for like, labor rules they would kept bringing up like what about for like gay rights and will we incorporate this into our chart yeah and it's been brought forward a bunch of times and like dismissed and then one time it was brought forward and it actually got approved and it was with the vote of the coal miners yeah and it was like one of the main reasons because a block vote of the miners union said yes Yes. like so a huge it was the biggest union i'm pretty sure at the time and they said yes and I'm getting, oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> you are. I can confirm physically. <laughs> and you see, they say that. And then it like, you see in the background, it's like the banner with the two hands shaking hands. And it's just like, it's so This powerful. movie really tells an important story for the UK. And I really enjoy it. And I do just, I do just love a movie that is, a comedy, even though it is about one of the most brutal strikes in human history, it is yeah. about one of the greatest health crises that like we've ever faced. Yeah. And this movie is funny and kind and inspiring and not in a way that feels empty and not in a way that feels problem solved. It feels no. like these people took risks because they cared and you should do that too. And it brings back that like speech that Di did in the bar of like, knowing you had someone, a friend that you didn't know existed. And when you look, it's like people from the big city, like Mm -hmm. a bunch of queer people from the big city and then like working men. And I feel like more people need to see this movie to really be like, people can come together in solidarity. People can come together, have pride in what you're doing, have pride in who you are and like help each other out. And like, if someone helps you, you can in turn help them back. Like, they're like, yeah, block. It really yes. is the, like, remember who the real enemy is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a more negative way of saying it, but it is like, don't compete against each other when we are all being punished for things beyond our control. Yeah, exactly. And when they filmed this scene, they had 
a lot of the members who were from the original mm-hmm. LGSM marching in that. So you can see them in that's, the shot. That's what I care about. And it's so heartwarming. And I just want people to just help each other out. And like, uh, it's so that's the fourth time I cried in the movie. <laughs> also, Cliff gets to go to his first pride parade. And then he, he, he splinters <laughs> off from the, from the union union yeah. block because he gets distracted by a gay poet's ba- society banner and that makes me cry because his little face it's the cutest face ever he's just like my people i know he's Hello. like oh I'm, this is kind of uncomfortable but i'm here and then he looks and it's like, just i'm here having poet. a good time <laughs> see you later <laughs> he's like oh yes and he just goes and he's just proudly walking beside like, him yeah let me chat to this dude and it's yay. like yes yay it's so it's what i care about solidarity and like no matter what your differences are, just be there to support each other because... Not if someone's, like, trying to do you harm, but if no. someone you're just like, I see yeah. you. I see you. I see you. I physically... I can I see, see you. you. We're quoting Avatar. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about James Cameron's Avatar, and I don't want to end on that note, so back to Pride. <laughs> A fantastic film. Yes, definitely. It's definitely go out. It's really hard to, like, find. It's not any streaming services in Canada... Mm. And it's not available to rent on Cineplex, so I didn't get any scene points, boo hiss. But like, mm. go to your local library. Yeah. They have it on DVD. Or buy it. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can also buy it. today because we're because on time and we're still in our pajamas and it's the afternoon yeah <laughs> so we're just going to end there but i want everyone to please see this film it's really nice it's our favorite it's our favorite hopefully you've enjoyed we discovered it together yeah and now you too can discover, discover it. it together <laughs> with us <laughs> um thank you so much for listening you can find us on uh, Twitter or Tumblr at Hi Ho Podcast, H Y H O Podcast. You can also go to our Spotify under the same name uh, where we post playlists of music we like, and we should do a union playlist. Ooh, I don't know if we know enough. enough union songs? There's definitely enough union songs. I don't know if we know enough union songs. Okay, maybe not a union playlist, but go listen to Working Man by Rita Maybe like a working playlist? Like, I don't know. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll workshop, we're we'll workshop it. it. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, and. Remember to like, subscribe on whatever yeah. your podcatcher of choice is. Uh, we're Apple Podcast people, but their yeah. app updated. Or rather, I finally updated my phone oh. after many months, and it's giving me a headache. So whatever one you use, because surely there are better options than Apple Podcasts, subscribe <laughs> there. Yes, exactly. And now we are going to be back on doing every other, other week. week. Um, so this will be coming out, and then the next one will be going, um, and we will start again in starting in October. Mm-hmm. I know, and I've changed what I want Jenny to watch three times, but I also just found out that she owns a really interesting box set. So now it might be one of those. For the, for October? I haven't decided yet. Okay. It's not spooky related at all, but I yeah. do. Oh, there's so many things I need you to see, and now it's it's the fall. Okay. <laughs> okay, but anywho, we will figure this out. But everyone listening, remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as ours. <gasps> That's delightful. Okay.